This is Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the Mea Culpa Podcast. Well, it's happening, folks. The ringleaders of the January 6th attack are finally facing accountability for their crimes. I've said it here many times on this show and others that the wheels of justice may turn slowly, but nevertheless, they continue to turn. And this time it's a big fish, Stuart Rhodes, who is facing nearly two decades in a federal prison. The Oath Keeper's founder is the first January 6th defendant sentenced for seditious conspiracy. And it's the longest prison term yet in the Justice Department's sprawling probe into the Capitol attack. On Thursday, U.S. District Judge Amit Mehta sentenced Rhodes to 18 years. Yeah, that's 18 very long fucking years, telling the 58-year-old that he presents an ongoing threat to the country. Seeking a 25-year term, federal prosecutors wrote in a sentencing memorandum that Rhodes, and I can I quote, proposed that he and other Oath Keeper members and affiliates forcibly oppose the lawful transfer of presidential power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Prosecutors wrote that Rhodes pushed the idea amongst Oath Keeper members and others that with a large enough mob, they could intimidate Congress and its members and impose the conspirators will rather than the American people to stop the certification of the next president of the United States. Rhodes masterminded a weeks-long effort to derail the transfer of power from Donald Trump to Joe Biden, marshalling dozens of allies across the country to descend on Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Rhodes and his allies spent weeks pressing Trump to forcibly prevent Congress from certifying the election then girded the violence even if Trump refused. Rose also encouraged Oath Keepers to assemble an arsenal of weapons just outside of Washington, D.C. that they could easily deploy to the city if necessary. Now, according to the Washington Post, prosecutors expressed hopes that the sentence will serve as a deterrent to people who may seek to pursue similar attempts to disrupt the peaceful transfer of power in the future. Additionally, it will establish a standard for how other insurrectionists, including additional members of the Oath Keepers and the far-right Proud Boys who have been convicted of seditious conspiracy, are treated as their cases play out. Experts in far-right extremism have emphasized that prosecutors' decision to pursue the seditious conspiracy charge in multiple cases was important because it establishes the insurrection as intentional and planned versus a spontaneous effort. Now, Rhodes tried repeatedly to contact Trump and to urge him to invoke the Insurrection Act which Rhodes contended would empower him to deputize the Oath Keepers as a government-sanctioned militia. But Trump never acknowledged his outreach and ultimately declined to invoke the Civil War-era law. Moments before being sentenced, Rhodes went on an unhinged, politically charged rant and continued to pledge fealty to the former president, whose rhetoric landed him in prison in the first place. I'm a political prisoner, Rhodes, clad in an orange prison uniform, said from the podium in D.C. federal court on Thursday. I feel like I'm the lead character in Kafka's The Trial. 
Rose's lengthy federal sentence could serve as an uncomfortable reminder for Donald Trump, who has expressed sympathy for people with January 6th-related convictions and has said that he would pardon them if he becomes president again. Now, speaking to the court, Philip Linder, Rhodes' lawyer, sought to shift the blame to former President Donald Trump. Prosecutors want to make Rhodes the face of January 6th, Linder said, but Rhodes was just a participant. If you want to put a face on January 6th, put it on Trump. Well, sorry there, Bubba, Rhodes is fucking guilty. But you know what? He does have a point. This was Trump's fucking shit show all along. And nailing Trump for insurrection or seditious conspiracy will be a very tall order, and his indictment on such charges is highly unlikely. Thankfully, like Al Capone, who ultimately went down for tax evasion, we may not get Trump for treason, but there's so much else pending right now. And in addition to being investigated in Georgia and federally by a Justice Department special counsel, he has an ongoing criminal prosecution in New York State Court on charges that he falsified business records with a trial that's set in stone for March of 2024. But while every criminal case is serious and the New York case involved an alleged cover-up of hush money payments to help Trump win the 2016 election that put him in office to begin with, those 34 New York charges are low-level felonies and carry relatively little to no prison time. If federal charges are added to Trump's docket, his prison outlook could change drastically. We have special prosecutor Jack Smith to thank for all of this. His dogged pursuit of the mango Mussolini has uncovered a bottomless cesspool of fucking illegalities. So the net of it all, my friends, Trump is going to fucking prison. On Thursday, the Washington Post revealed that Trump aides conducted a dress rehearsal at Florida Lago for moving sensitive documents before his office received the May 2022 subpoena. As the Post reported, taken together, the new details of the classified documents investigation suggest a greater breadth and specificity to the instances of possible obstruction found by the FBI and Justice Department that had been previously reported. It also broadens the timeline of possible obstruction episodes that investigators are examining a period stretching from events at Mar-a-Lardo before the subpoena to the period after the FBI searched there on August 8th. Even Trump's former lawyer Ty Cobb thinks his goose is fucking cooked, admitting on CNN that Smith's case against the former president is strong. This month, several legal and political counselors to Trump have bluntly informed him that they expect the Justice Department to charge him in the criminal investigation into his hoarding of highly classified top-secret documents following the end of his presidency. In at least one of these recent conversations, the former president angrily complained in response to these predictions that if the Department of Justice is going to charge him for keeping classified documents, then what about Joe Biden? Then there's asshole Bill Barr, who said in a recent interview that the documents case is the one Trump should be most concerned about. Over the past week, both the special counsel's office and Trump's legal team have made public moves suggesting that the documents probe is moving toward a conclusion. 
The Wall Street Journal reported earlier this week that the special counsel investigation appears to be wrapping up after an exhaustive series of interviews and grand jury appearances by Trump aides and employees. So then let's examine the possibility that Trump is indicted and actually convicted. The question then becomes, could he still run for president from prison? And the answer is yes, and it's been done before. There are no legal obstacles to running for president as a convicted felon, or even from behind bars. And if Trump finds himself in that predicament, he'll be following in the footsteps of the socialist, rabble-rousing populist Eugene V. Debs, who received nearly a million votes while in prison a century ago. But that's not all. Trump has the distinguished company of lunatics to set precedent for his potential prison run. Conspiracy theorist Lyndon LaRouche also ran for the White House eight times, with one of those bids in 1992 coming as he served a 15-year sentence for mail fraud, conspiracy, and tax evasion. And there's already one prominent declared candidate running from prison in the 2024 contest, and that's Joseph Maldonado Passage, being known as Joe Exotic. The former zookeeper and star of Netflix's Tiger King series is running as a libertarian after filing candidacy papers in February with the Federal Election Commission. Maldonado Passage is mounting his presidential bid from a medical center for federal inmates in Fort Worth, Texas, where he's serving a whopping 21-year sentence for a slew of animal trafficking and abuse offenses, as well as attempting to arrange the murder for hire of a rival private zoo owner, Carol Baskin. A Trump electoral victory from behind bars would open a constitutional can of worms. But the general view amongst legal scholars is that the need for a duly elected president to fulfill the duties of office would override a criminal conviction and require the sentence to at least be put on hold. And if Trump were convicted of a federal crime, he could even try to pardon himself immediately upon taking office. I mean, you can't make this shit up. Trump, who famously said he could shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and not lose a single vote, is already trying to convince his supporters that they're the ones that's under attack. In reality, they're not after me. They're after you. And I just happen to be the person that's in the way, he said at a recent rally in Texas. Now, as the late, great gonzo journalist Hunter S. Thompson once wrote, when the going gets weird, the weird turn pro. And that's where we're at, folks. Just when you think that the shit couldn't possibly get any fucking crazier, well, leave it to Donald, because it does. Trump running from prison, I mean, why the fuck not? Everything else that could possibly happen has now come to pass. And now for the main event. My next guest on Mea Culpa is Joe Trippi, heralded on the cover of The New Republic as the man who reinvented campaigning. Trippi pioneered bringing politics into the digital age. Most recently, he's brought his campaign savvy to the Lincoln Project, where he serves as a senior advisor. With Trump a target of federal prosecutors and state DAs, Trippy is targeting the MAGA machine that continues to prop up divisive politics. 
lately, his scorn is being directed at Ron DeSantis, who the GOP hoped to dress up as a more palatable Donald Trump, but instead got a fucking zombie hall monitor with a real fucking mean streak. You can listen to Joe's podcast, That Trippy Show, everywhere podcasts are found, or see him on MSNBC, on CNN and NBC. Today, we're going to talk to him about Ron DeSantis, about fake campaign ads, and of course, the 2024 election. So listen closely, because this man is the maestro of campaign politics. And let's go now to that conversation. Okay, so Joe, yesterday, Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes was sentenced to 18 years. I mean, I couldn't believe it. Chai, as we like to say in the Jewish tradition, 18 years in federal prison for his role in planning the January 6th Capitol attack. Now, his sentencing comes on the heels of the Department of Homeland Security warning about the potential for violence in the lead up to the 2024 election cycle that could target the nation's critical infrastructure, faith-based institutions, government facilities, and minority communities. Do you believe that Rhodes' sentence, the longest given so far, right, will serve as a deterrent to would-be domestic terrorists? Or do you believe that we'll continue to see more Stuart Rhodes come out of the woodwork as long as Trump is a political factor? Michael, I got to tell you, one, I don't think it was enough. I mean, 18 years. I mean, it, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm happy like you are about the length, but I wish it was much more and a much bigger signal because I don't think it's going to... I think we're going to see more. Uh, and frankly, with Trump out there, uh, you know, everybody keeps talking about this, you know, DeSantis, the race, all this other stuff. But the reality is, if at some point Trump is going to lose, and when he does, I think it'll be worse than January 6th. I think he'll, it'll all have been, whether DeSantis stole it or Biden stole it, there's more violence coming, I think, because he's going to keep fueling it. Yeah, it's amazing. And Attorney General Merrick Garland said in a statement, and, you know, I'm somewhat, if not very critical of Merrick Garland in terms of the manner to which he moves cases along. I mean, let's not forget this took place. Yeah. How many years ago now? Yeah. We're talking about January of, right, of uh, 20, what was it, 20... Uh, yeah, 18. it's the Garland's the the definition of the wheels of justice roll slowly. You know that's uh, that's part of the, what's going on. Yeah, I mean this is this is wild. Um, I mean, it to me, I, I'm just I'm blown away. But here's the comment that he says that the Justice Department will continue to do everything in our power to hold accountable those criminally responsible for the January sixth attack on our democracy. Well, look. Certainly, this 18-year sentence for seditious conspiracy, hundreds of people so far have now been brought before the Justice Department for their participation in this terroristic act you know, against our country, at the Capitol, and so on. But I don't see any of the big players being held responsible. And yeah, it's easy to get the little pictures like, you know, Stuart Rhodes. Oh, my God, he was the head of the Oath Keepers. Who gives a shit, the Oath Keepers? It's like a, they're, they're like 
a fraction of a biker gang. <laughs> to be honest with you, we make the Oath Keepers seem like they're the clan, that there are hundreds of thousands of people in it. No, not true. They're a small group. Okay, they're a faction of another group, what, whatever. What about the big players? What happened to them? I think that's coming. I, you got to hope it's coming. I think that's part of the whole 18-year thing. I mean, look, it's going up and up, and the, the, the closer you get, the bigger the sentences. Um, you got to believe. I mean, yes, the wheels of justice are rolling slowly, uh, particularly for the top, but I do think that's because they're getting that case in shape and making sure they've got it, you know, tied in a knot before they take Trump out, which which they will do, in my view. But I, what's your what do you, what do you think, Michael? Where where do you think it's going for the top? How, what's the way it gets there? Yeah. Look, I just think Merrick Garland has to just start an indictment. We already have. It's not as if he has to make this shit up, right? It's not like you're going to pull it out of your ass and make it up. There are text messages, there are emails, there are communications, there are people who have provided, a thousand people have given testimony before the January 6th committee. There is a million pages of documents that show who was dealing with what, who from the outside was dealing with who on the inside. We already know that somebody had taken some of these groups through the Capitol, that they had already created a map so that you could get to um, Nancy Pelosi's office, so that you can get to the chambers, so that you can get to Mike Pence. They knew where everyone's office were. Shouldn't that person be charged too? Or do we have two separate sets of laws? One for the idiots like Elmer. Could you imagine the guy's name is Elmer, <laughs> right? Now I can understand why he would go with Stuart, right? As far as, you know, a name. But this idiot, and you know what? It's not fair for me to call him an idiot. The guy from my understanding, went to Yale, right? Mm -hmm. This yep. is not a yep. stupid guy at all. Unfortunately, like myself, he fell into the cult of Donald J. Trump. He listened to the antics of Donald J. Trump and these far-right maggot morons, and he's going to end up... I mean, he's not coming out. He's, he's my age. He's born the same year I am, 1966. He's got 18 years... I did 13 months on a 36-month sentence, and I can tell you, it was the worst 13 months of my life. The worst 13, and when I was a kid, when I was 15, 16, I got hit by a car. I spent some time in bed, you know? I was on a yeah. motorcycle coming home from high school, and I got hit by a car head on. I can Thank tell you, you, I spent a little time in bed. This was worse. So this yeah. guy, this guy's got 18 years. Now, of course, federal good time. He's got his 15% and 10% home confinement. Big deal. So he'll do 13 years, 14. It's going to be miserable for him. No, and that's well. But also you've got, you've got DeSantis and Trump racing hard to pardon him. Um, you know, if they're, they're both out there promising to pardon these guys. Uh, which, which has got to be Rhodes' only hope, right? And this is how this keeps going. You keep fueling the people, you know, I'm going to pardon all these people, these patriots, these traitors. Um, and uh, and again, they keep fighting because they got to get them there. It's the same reason Trump. Trump's only way out is to win the presidency again. That's it. It's, 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 there's no other way. Otherwise, he's he, he ain't going to make it out. Uh, you know, I just think this is 
that I think this is all part of the fuel, Michael, for what's keeping this all going. I'm mean, keeping the anger, the resentment, the revenge, the you know the entire cult uh, now it has to keep its very existence going. It has to have Trump, um, Trump uh, be the nominee and win the presidency again. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did I say January sixth was 2018? I have no idea. Too early in the morning. I'm talking about 2021, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? right? I mean, yeah, I, I, sure. I have yeah, yeah, no yeah, yeah. idea where I, I even came up with 2018. I but, knew where but, you were. And you know what? I, I'll tell you. I'll tell you where I was thinking. I was thinking about 18 USC 2384, this right. cons, uh, the seditious conspiracy U.S. code, and they charged him appropriately. So my question, really, that I'm real trying to figure out, if Stuart Rhodes, who went ahead and I believe he said that they went there. At the direction of, right, right, for the benefit of Donald J. Trump, the same thing that I had said when I had pled guilty to the campaign finance violation, 18 U.S.C. 2384 states, if two or more persons in any state or territory or in any place subject to the jurisdiction of the United States conspire to overthrow, put down, or to destroy by force the government of the United States, or to levy war against them, or to oppose by force the authority thereof, or by force to prevent, hinder, or blah, 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 right, okay? So let me just break this beginning part down. Two or more persons, Stuart Rhodes and... Donald J. Trump. Yep. Right? And so in the territory, uh, right, of the United States, subject to the jurisdiction, the answer is, yeah, you're sitting in the White House. I mean, he was sitting in the fucking White House. All right? Then you got conspired to overthrow. What the hell do you think it was when you build a gallow in the, you know, in the, you know, in the front lawn to hang Mike Pence? And you go in and you're now attacking, you're looking for Nancy Pelosi to kill her and to, you know, and to take over the chamber to stop the free and fair election result. Well, what is it? Why is Donald Trump not being charged? Well, he will be. I mean, I'm assuming, I think we all hope or assume whatever that that, that eventually they're going to get there and charge him. I mean, I, I just don't see. And, and you know, I, I think there's a whole lot of, uh, hand wringing around whether they charge, you know, for Mar-a-Lago and the in the documents or this or both or all of it. But I just think it's, uh, you know, Jack is not messing around. I don't think. Uh, I don't know about Garland, but I don't think. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, Jack is. So I think this is. I, I think you're pointing out exactly why this indictment will will come down and will happen. I think what I'm really pointing out is the frustration that the American people have in our system. And I think it's one of the reasons why Joe Biden's popularity numbers are as low as they are, despite the incredible job that this man is doing. I I think that's right. You know, because, Michael, part of this is um, that, you know, part of the 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 lack of approval is over. You're not you're not going after these people hard enough and fast enough. Or you're not do, being bold enough. In other words, there's people who think he's who want more, not 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 let want more. You know, want to prosecute this stuff faster and think it's going too slow. So that's it's not that they they want to pick a different you know go in a different direction. They just want to go in the same direction but harder. Um, and I think I do think that Jack is that hammer in the end. <laughs> Pardon the what part. I know of Americans is that we are 
a results-oriented mm, yep. society. We believe in results, and we're not getting the results. And it's why Donald Trump still maintains this 26%, 28% stronghold over members of the Republican Party, his MAGA fanatics, because he claims to be the results-oriented guy that people are looking for. I'm going to build the wall, right? Okay. I can fix the problem between Russia and Ukraine in 24 hours. I'm going to stop immigration. I'm going to stop the flow of migrants into the United States, right? He speaks in bumper stickers, but his bumper stickers are always result-oriented. Here, let's just break down what's going on with Jack Smith, because I agree with you. I have no, I have no beef with Jack Smith at right. all. He's actually moving in what I would refer to as an expeditious manner. I agree. However, now that we finally have the information, let's just go with the simpler of the two cases. Because January 6th, to put, a tr to put that case on trial might seriously be too big. It seriously may be too right. big. I don't even know how you would put on a case that has a million necessary factually important documents to beta stamp it would take you six months right i know even with artificial intelligence it's too many documents you have a thousand people with enough testimony to go 24 7 for a full straight year how many witnesses are you going to call i don't know the answer but here's the thing with jack smith he should already, when it comes to the Mar-a-Lardo documents, we have the timeline. We know when Donald was first approached and said, we know you have the documents. Return them. No, nope, I don't got them. Yes, you do, Donald. No, I swear, I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, you're right, I do. And he turns over two boxes. And now they turn around and they say, we know you have more. No, I gave it all back. Now, yeah, if you gave it all back, well, we want a document. We want some sort of an attestation by yourself, by one of your attorneys, mm -hmm. that you check the place that they're on no more. And they knew he had it. So he gets this poor Christina Bob, right, thanks to Boris Epstein, this fucking loser and a half, this lapdog that used to run around the office trying to figure out how to get up into Donald's office. All of a sudden, he gets Christina Bob to go ahead and to sign this attestation. It's a lie. We know he had it, and FBI goes in, they get it. This is not about having the documents. It's about lying, right, to government. Right. Yeah. 1,001 violation. And I know about it because it was part of my conviction. All right? So right. charge him just on that. Break it down into the small part. Now, now, Jack Smith has to go to Merrick Garland, and Merrick Garland then has to go ahead and make a determination whether or not to indict. Are they going to have to, as well, convene a grand jury? How much more time from the time that Jack Smith tells Merrick Garland, hey, we got a real case here. Here's the memo on how we're going to lay it out, like the way that Alvin Bragg did it. All right. And instead of people attacking him, they should pat the guy on the back. Took him a little long, right, to finally get to where he is. Mark Pomerantz, had he stayed Right And had Cy Vance stayed, this would have started a year ago. But no problem. Alvin Bragg is ahead of the game. How long is it going to take from the time Jack Smith tells Alvin Bragg, we need to indict Donald Trump on the Mar-a-Lardo documents case before which Donald gets indicted? 
You know, I don't think it'll be long at all. I think that's what Garland is setting up. Bring me the case. I don't think he's going to take long to evaluate it. I really don't. I think Jack Smith has the cards, and when, when he lays them down on the table, it's game over for Trump, and I think Garland will, uh, will move it forward. He has so an how much more counsel. time? Yeah, well, it's when Jack brings it. That's what I don't. I, I'm with you on that. I I think Jack will bring it when he has it. And so what, I'm with you. I don't understand what what the holdup is, but I think it will happen within weeks. I think I don't. I don't think we're waiting much longer. I really don't. And I, I can I say the not. same thing. Sure, but I could say the same thing then about the Georgia case with Fannie Willis. Yeah. How much more time do you need? How much more evidence do you think that you're going to get? Well, that Why looks do like you that's... even need to be looking for it? It looked like it was going to happen yesterday. Yeah. yeah, that one, the same thing. It now looks like August. I don't, but again, something is, you know. And then you got on the other side, the clock ticking on the campaign. You get too far deeper in the next next year. And then Garland, you do have to worry that he thinks we're not going to inject this in the, you know, with, with a presidential race going on. Although I don't think they'll do that. I think when they have this, they'll take it. Okay, well, I don't know why it's taking so long, but let's just keep our fingers, yeah. you know, crossed. No, but you're voicing let's thank Alvin Bragg. But you're voicing yeah, let's the just thank Alvin Bragg first before you get into that. Yeah. Before you get into that, Joe. Sure. Right? Let's just thank Alvin Bragg for yeah. actually having the balls to get up and to do what he knew was right. So I'm sorry, you were saying. Yeah, no, no, you're right. But no, I was, I was saying that, that I think you're voicing the real frustration that that millions of people out there have about how slow this has taken. I, I, I mean, I think no one articulates that frustration more than you. And I also think it's because you, you, you know, you you got nailed by all this, and then to see this this taking so long, you, you know, I mean, but that frustration's real. I I think in countless people out there, and and. Uh, uh, and I think, you know, the speaking to it's really important because it, w- there's got to be more urgency. People have got to uh, raise their voices to get this, um, to keep pushing this forward, to put pressure on, to move it faster, I think. Yeah, and that pressure should come from the president of the United States. And that's why, again, I think his poll numbers are as dismal as they are. My case was 48 hours. This right. one is like, well, all right, now we got to speak. To Jack Smith, he's got to come up with a memo. And after the memo, now we have to take it to Merrick Garland. And Merrick's going to sit and think about it. Fuck is yeah. he thinking about, right? You have a special man, you have a special counsel assigned to it. The guy tells you, we're ready to go. Just rubber stamp it. I mean, you know, he's, what is he going to sit and ponder about it? The Supreme Court no. judge want to be that he was? Fuck that bullshit. This is- it's enough already. But it's also, too it's long. like, you know, Michael, it's, a, it's, you know, it's an ongoing threat. It's not like... You, you got to go after this now because it is going to grow. It is growing. It's a cancer out there, and it just keeps getting hotter, and he keeps feeding it, uh, Trump. I mean, there's no remorse from even Rhodes. There's no remorse from any of these guys. They're 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 going to push forward and keep going for this, and it's got that. It, you know, the real threat here has been how slow the justice system is ha, has taken to get up to to the real players in this thing. We need to, you know, yeah. that's what the real threat is. Stop that. I mean, I'm, you know, you know, there'll be appeals, 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 and all kinds of crap. It's going to take forever to try any of this. As you pointed out, January 6th alone, um, with the millions of documents and the thousands of potential witnesses, but lay the, get these indictments go, you know, move this thing because this threat is growing every day. Uh, there's no remorse. There's nothing other than we have to take. And I think that's, again, what I've said earlier. Trump knows 
They all know their their only hope is Trump's elected. He pardons them. You know, you know, he 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 the the cases then can't be heard till after he's at which which made me never until he drops. But, it, you know, no, this is a real threat. And they got they're not. I think I think, again, one of the big things that's that is just sort of the sense that this can't happen here. That's still I mean, it's still like the normal years of justice instead of like, no, put a stop to this now. Take them out is what that's well, you what, raise a good point. Yeah, you raise a good point. You think that Trump, if hypothetically he's reelected as president, God forbid, a million times, you think he'll pardon Rhodes on day one? Yeah, I think so. I think absolutely. He'll pardon all of them. I, yeah, I, I do, do too. I, that's why I think that's what's that's what keeps the movement. It's it's what keeps you sort of you know part of the cult too. Is that's what you want that right? I mean, his his mega cult, um, and so I think. That's why I think DeSantis had to say yesterday, uh, whenever a few days ago, that that he too will pardon, um, uh, you know, January six insurrectionists. That he'd consider it and do it. I mean, that you know, that's that's why he did that because I think you have to be there. You have to be there. It's that's the the whole hope of the cult is to have dear leader um, in, in office. Uh, pardoning and uh, pardoning the 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 patriots, uh, uh, you know, and writing history uh, their way, and and I think that's that's what has to be stopped. That's why the you can't let this get uh, much further along because then then I think that there is a I do have a concern that that Garland would would start to to look at the impact of a presidential election. By the way, at that point, that's what Trump, you know, Trump's going to do this. He's doing it now. He'll do it then that this is all, you know, witch hunt to stop him from, uh, uh, you know, from from gaining the presidency. That's what it's always been about. Um, and that'll probably give him a ton of uh, support with the MAGA cult. So I, I think we're in this thing where. You got to get these charges out there. You got to. You, it's like why the January six hearings, at least, I think, did did temporarily get some attention from the, the American people. You got to get these trials, these indictments going. I think to to really spell out for people this this wasn't this isn't just two parties. You know, with one of them going. You know, you, you know, going. Uh, uh, you know, just supporting Trump. It's. It's a party gone off the rails. It's become totally, you know, uh, uh, a cult that's following, you, you know, that, that's ready to take the country over a cliff to get their guy in, in their way. And that's what that's what I think is just going to keep happening um, unless there are further up going up the chain of indictments and and charges uh, and we get them out there in front of the, all the American people. What's so sad is that. You're right. The January 6th hearings elevated the country because it was going to show accountability. That's right. like the magic exactly. word of the of the year, accountability. Something that I tried to hold Donald Trump to, whether it's with his lawsuit against me, my right. lawsuit against him, this program, my political beatdown program. We tried to hold people accountable for what they actually do. But while everybody watched the January 6th hearings. In fact, if the January 6th hearings went up against the Avengers, it would have beat them in the box office. 
but nothing <laughs> yeah. ended up coming out of it, right? I mean, yeah. so far we're still, well, Jack Smith is really on the ball and he's working in order to determine, you know, X, Y, and Z. It would take an army of lawyers to go through the million documents, relevant right. documents, the thousand, the thousand people who testified I mean, what, for five, six hours? You have, what, six, 7,000 hours worth of testimony? Can you imagine having to read through the transcription of seven hours worth of testimony, six hours of testimony from over 1,000 people and then correlate it to these beta stamp documents and so on and to set that up for a trial? Yeah, everybody wants to see accountability. But so far, we're sitting with our thumbs up our ass. There's nothing going on. We're all frustrated. And then you got fucking dickhead Donald comes out and he goes, I could fix the Russia-Ukraine problem in 24 hours. I could fix yeah, immigration he, he could. tomorrow. He, I could just do it. Well, he right? can't. I he mean, could. this is the thing. It's, it's crazy, Joe. No, no. I mean, you're right. But we all know what that, how, what that 24-hour fix would be. It'd be... Putin take Ukraine. You know, I mean, come on. It's like, uh, uh, you know, everybody knows what he means, I think, even, you know, and that's, but, but like I said, it's the MAGA crowd eats that up. They want that. So I think the, the reality is, I mean, you, you laid out why it could be taking so long. I mean, you've laid it out here on the, on the, on the show. You're talking about thousands and thousands and, you know, millions of documents, thousands of witnesses, you know, Jack, uh, you know, the, the Jack, didn't have this uh, case that, you know, he, he all of a sudden walks into it and he's got to wade through all that, that crap. And remember also the January 6th committee, the whole controversy about whether it was going to share when it would share everything it had with, with the justice department, you know, they, 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 they refused for month after month. So, I mean, this could be, you just, you, you know, you're wading through all that stuff that you're talking about and that's going to take a long time. That's where I agree with you on, Mar-a-Lago, um, lying, uh, you know, uh, 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 under oath, that kind of stuff. Uh, at least some of those charges could be brought uh, in that case easily. Uh, in fact, that whole yeah. case in Mar-a-Lago could probably be brought. I, I don't understand the logic unless they're trying to do it all in one fell swoop. You know, no, no, no. Two separate cases. Yeah. No way. So, look, let me move on and then ask you. By the way, I hope you noticed my Zelensky support shirt that I'm wearing today. That's good. Yep. Like okay. It. So, look, I'm curious. I'm curious. <laughs> I'm curious what you made of um, Dudley Do-Right DeSantis's Twitter space, his um, presidential announcement the other day. I mean, what a strange, awkward, weird ass launch for a campaign. You agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And like Michael, I mean, I don't know if you have you ever used Twitter Spaces. Have you done? Um, it? I've been on Twitter Space once. Did I it work? was a speaker. Well, I was a speaker um, with Elon Musk, and we were okay. talking about Twitter when he first uh, took it over and right. some of the problems on Twitter. Did it work? I don't know. There was a million yeah. people that joined into it. But right. this is different. Yeah. This is a presidential launch. Yeah, no, it's like, and it's like, you, you, you don't want, it, it's the opposite of every other launch I've ever seen where you want to talk to the biggest audience you possibly can, the broadest one, um, you know, people looking at you for the first time, getting a sense of who and what you are with a lot of people, um, 
uh, rallying and you know support support being there. I mean, so that's your, the first glimpse the American people get. It's a it's almost yeah, it's a tradition, but it's a real one that that like is is how you know is how most launches go. Uh, instead, this was like this sterile three guys uh, having problems getting it to work for 20 minutes but when they you know even when they finally did there's no there was nothing it was just a uh I, I do not i don't understand how his campaign consultants you know went with that uh, although maybe he's got a bunch of yes you know folks that are gonna you, you know you know go the way he wants to or got you know the other side of this is i think you know it's playing up to you know might have been trying to stick uh, an eye Stick of you know poke Trump on the you know hey Twitter was your thing it's mine now I'm here with with Elon but it was kind of ridiculous I think it was I think it it clearly failed I mean there's no doubt about that I mean it wasn't a successful launch at all um, and they're still out there explaining how successful it was because so many people Michael were coming in that it, it you know that that it it, it crashed the crash it broke the internet bullshit. It's all bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what do you make of DeSantis as a candidate? I mean, because, look, the, he does have a certain sense of popularity in Florida, but he seems to be this shockingly bad retail politician, you know, nationwide. Do me a favor. Discuss this with me, because this is your oh. expertise. Yeah, no, no, no. He's the, I, I just think, not going to wear well. I don't think he wears well at all. I think... Um, the more people see him, the worse he does. He's, he's, he's not very personable. Um, uh, even when you see him in those, like his belly laughs are like so fake and so weird, um, that, that he does. I just think he is, is that first of all, and Michael, you know, this, that people run for president, they don't tend to a lot of them have no idea what they're getting into. I mean, they have no idea of the, you know, how how tough it is, how how the body blows you're gonna take, how you're gonna get a, get attacked. And he clearly does not. And I think the other uh side of that is look, you can't you can't you, you know, you can't be the the mini Trump. Um you know, trying to mimic him. I mean, he even has some of the hand motions down. It's kind of pathetic, actually. But you can't be that uh, and defeat Trump. I just don't, you know, he he can't, you know, this guy can't, says Trump can't be elected, but he won't say that Trump wasn't, didn't lose the 2020 election. I mean, he's he's just this really composite of a fail. You know, I mean, the, the actually his Twitter announcement was like, pretty much indicative of his uh, of his candidacy so far it's he's just he's he's he was too big to fail and he's failing and shrinking every day so now i think though that the the real thing i still don't understand and you might explain this to me because you you understand the psyche of, of donald trump and i want to hear what you think about this so what i don't understand is okay i we we both wave a wand and we make uh desantis the nominee of the republican party do you, I mean, because you know that you, you worked for the guy. Do you do you think that that that'll be the first time in Donald Trump's life that he 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 goes to the convention, big smile on his face, grabs 
DeSantis's hand, thrust it in the air, the two of them, urging his MAGA supporters to join with him, to support unify behind DeSantis. Will this be the first time that that Donald Trump does a well, gracious, you know, unity thing? Put so I do want in to front remind you. Yeah, the answer to that is only if there's something in it for him. Right. Now, remember, then this is again goes right back so to pardon. Alvin Bragg and the beauty of Alvin Bragg. A federal pardon would have no effect upon Alvin Bragg's case. Right. It's a New York state case, not a federal case. Uh, do I think that Donald would be gracious about it? Not a chance. Um, he did, however, do that once. He did it for Mitt Romney many years ago. Uh, you may remember Donald was considering a run, but decided not to run because of The Apprentice and because of some real estate deals that he had just acquired, like the Doral and stuff. And his decision was then to endorse Romney. I have right. to tell you, and Mitt would be the first one to attest to what I'm saying. It was the most ungracious, <laughs> you know, endorsement, right. which was done I at do the Trump that. Hotel in Las Vegas. I was there. Uh, it was the most ungracious that you could. It's no different than you've seen videos. And if you can Google this, it's funny as hell. Donald shows up to people's weddings and he gets up onto stage. He takes the mic and instead of congratulating the new couple, right, the newlyweds, instead of saying something nice about them as a family, uh, you know, they're members of his Moralardo club, yada, yada, yada. Instead, he talks about they stole the election from his folks. Right, yeah. It's right back to the same fucking stump speech yeah. at someone's wedding, which is... Hey, look, I don't know about so the he'll editing do that. that's going to go did on it. in that one. But that's what he'll of do. Course. He'll sit there and say that DeSantis stole it. Don't vote for DeSantis. I mean, so how does DeSantis... That's what I mean. So you, you, it's a lose-lose. You, you, you can't beat him. DeSantis cannot beat him in the, in the, for the nomination. And then if he does, he can't... He, can't, he, he will never have... A, you, I don't care if it's 10% of the MAGA folks, 20%, 50%. If it's 4% of them who sit home because Donald Trump tells them DeSantis stole the thing, DeSantis can't win the presidency either way. So I, I, I don't know. He, couldn't, he like a, couldn't win it even. The truth yeah. is he couldn't win it even with Trump's support. Yeah. You know, probably, maybe he yeah. wouldn't do as bad. But number-wise, even Donald knows that he can't win. You know, right. Donald can't beat Joe Biden. The only one who could beat Joe Biden at this point in time is Joe Biden. Yeah, I agree. And that's agree. why I keep trying to say he needs to show that he has the ability to resolve these issues. He's got to get on his Department of Justice. You know, the country is sitting every day. All you see on the news is this fucking lawsuit against Trump, this case yeah. against Trump, this case against Trump, this case against Trump. And all they keep doing is recirculating what's happening today in these four or five different litigations. All right. It was five before E. Jean Carroll. Now it's four. Oh, we're back to five because the idiot said it again on that CNN town <laughs> yeah, hall. So we're back to five. Look, this is this is the problem. Let's let's just now finish. It's long overdue. It's time to finish. So let me ask you this then, Joe, because there was some sort of hubbub about how Ron DeSantis's super PAC altered footage to include the sound and sight of fighter jets flying over the Florida governor uh, in its launch video. And 
video from the event, which, by the way, was last November, indicates that there was no such flyover. Right. I mean, this is the latest case of digitally altered political advertisements. And with the rise of AI, artificial intelligence, and other tools, internet tools, what effect do you see this having on politics, especially when it gets in the hands of bad actors? Oh, it's going to be, it's going to, I mean, look, it, it, we, we've been watching the decline of our, you know, a political discourse. This is going to accelerate it uh, in a very negative way that's going to be almost impossible for figure, people to figure out in a, in, a, in a media environment where you can't figure out what's real and what's true anymore. Uh, and thanks to a lot of, Trump and disinformation at Fox and other places, but it's going to be much, much more difficult. Um, and, you know, look, Mike was a practitioner. I mean, as somebody who, who, you know, is still out there doing races here and there. Um, the one thing every consultant learned a long time ago is that the, you know, negative attacks work better than positive attacks, you know, than, than making positive ads. The negative ads work better. Um, they always have. And it's the reason politics has gotten uglier and uglier because both sides have figured that out or both the uh, consultants on both sides. With AI, um, and, and you sort of saw this in the uh, uh, response to um, uh, Biden's uh, announcement, the uh, the AI response the RNC, I think, put out. Uh, this, 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 this all AI-generated um, dystopia version of the future. Not true, none of it real. It's all it was projected in the future. But what I'm saying is AI can demonstrate can can really play on your it, it will know what Michael's biggest fear is, the thing that angers you the most, and start to drive those messages. So now some, you know, again, consultants on both sides now able to use AI to kind of target you with what your worst fear, what what negative thing I can tell you the most that'll make you move. With arm, Just if you forget about the disinformation side of it, just if you think of that tool in the hands of both, you know, both entities, forget which parties, I'm not talking about, about any of that. I'm just talking about what it's going to do to j just a, a, with with how we practice today, it's going to amplify it. But but with misinformation, with images that you don't know are true, with with we think you're hearing Joe Biden say something and it's not Joe Biden at all. Those are some of the obvious ones. But I think it's going to make the negativity and by therefore the trust in our institutions um, that people have the inability to to recognize uh, uh, what's real and what's what's made up by AI is going to really cause and could by 2024 be so impactful that it helps again fuel another constitutional crisis. You know, you, you remember the couple days ago, there was um, at a hearing, there was a what was it? There was an ad that was put out by oh, the politician himself. The chair. Whereby, the, yeah. yeah, the chair. Who was it that did that? I, was it I Blumenthal? Forget. I can't. 
you know what? It, it might it might have been. Um, I I, I yeah. truly don't remember, but I found it um, sensational that he created using AI. He had his office staff do it. Created using AI an entire advertisement of him in his voice, and he said this was created online by my staff. Right. Yep. With my authorization. Yeah. Well, that's but this the same. is you're right. This is going to make it very, well, very difficult. This is what I'm saying, Michael. You're like you have enough audio out there, obviously, from Mia Copa, you know, from the from the podcast that uh, uh, that AI, you know, it's one thing if there's only like three or four instances of your voice online, but you know, if you, with you and uh, myself, other people, Trump, Biden, etc. Look, AI. AI, AI could generate you saying, you know, please vote for Trump. He'll be the greatest president ever. And, you know, and, and, and you know, or, or, hey, uh, you know, uh, you know, let me get into the case and tell you why it's not, there isn't a good one, you know, whatever, you know, and, and people would be like totally confused. I mean, like, how could this be Michael Cohen saying, you know, if, that's what I'm saying. It's, but some people would buy it. That's why, that's my, you know, it only takes a, Three or four percent um, in a presidential race to buy it that the you know that the um, that Trump said this or that Biden said that um, you know there was a you know back in the day um, you know I'm talking I think one of the first uh, presidential elections we had you know as, as the myth goes uh, that uh, basically they 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 used to have to get guys up on horses and run around the 13 13 original states screaming Jefferson is dead and there really wasn't a way to check whether Jefferson was dead or not except to send horses guys on horses saying he he lives but they didn't even have proof of life of front page of a newspaper uh we're kind of getting back to that with AI i mean where you will not know um you know we're so used to getting this information and for and to count on it, and now it's it's well we don't anymore, and it's going to be a hell of a lot worse with AI. Well, do you remember the Joe last week? There was a viral image that was an AI generated forgery of billowing smoke coming out of the Pentagon. Yeah, and the belief system or the belief that was out there according to how it ran through social media platforms and all, is that the Pentagon was attacked. And what did it do? It caused the stock market to lose a couple hundred points. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, was, that to me was crazy. It just goes to show you legitimately how dangerous that this artificial intelligence really is. And if you're not able to discern the truth... What? How do you ever? How do you ever figure out what is the truth? Yeah. Do you remember? Uh, I think about six, seven months ago, maybe I have my timing off, but there were like when Twitter, um, when no, whenever the when the blue dot blue check marks went away, and all of a sudden, uh, you know, a uh, a a company, a fake company site for Eli Eli Lilly or somebody was, you know, tweeted about um, that it was going to reduce you know, give insulin for free or something like that. And it like totally wiped out, you know, same thing, hit the, hit the stock really hard, dropped it. That was just Twitter, you know, the Twitter confusion over, you know, over the blue check mark, I think. This is, that's what I'm saying. This is on, putting all that kind of stuff on steroids. You won't know. Uh, it, and by the way, I mean, 
corporate, you know, it, it's not just going to totally um, take our politics in a more negative and vicious way, which, by the way, is already so much there that we're seeing and and is leading to violence, as we know, with roads and other people, you know, eating this stuff up and taking it. A- AI is going to amplify that and, and I think make it, you know, make it a bigger threat. But then corporate America, too. I mean, just in terms of, you know, what the damage that could be done to a corporate brand um, because of, you, you know, some, some AI generated uh, attack uh, is going to be, you know, is is also I mean, there's very like you said, in the stock market, there's all kinds of ways this could take things in a you know really volatile way, volatile, more volatile stock market, more volatile, more, more volatility out there in business and in in our politics where we can't handle the volatility we already have because it's leading to such violence particularly on the right um i think it's going to get much much worse i and i I, this is another one where you're right i mean the inaction um and frankly the inability for most of our office holders to even understand all of us but for even them to understand what they should or could do um you know, to regulate or to at least create it. I mean, simple one is is to create, basically make it that, you know, if you're doing this show and you put up something that that was gener- AI generated, it should be disclaimed as this segment has got AI, you, you know, you're watching something that was AI generated, not generated by a human. Even if it was just some labeling like that might be at least helpful, but God knows. You know, another interesting factoid I was just thinking about. I'm very curious to get your take on this. So as these various different legal issues that we were talking about begin to rear its head uh, with additional indictments against Trump, do you think that these additional indictments, like we'll say from Fulton County or Mar-a-Lago or even January 6th and so on, do you think any of these indictments will make Trump even stronger than what he is? Do you think that it will increase his base or you think it'll just solidify his base and solidify the base against him? I I think it definitely solidify his base. I don't think his base is not going away. Um, And the problem with that is his base is big enough, uh, even if it solidifies the base against him, that his base is get, is big enough that it will absolutely make it impossible, I think, for anybody on the Republican side to defeat him for the nomination. In other words, the combination of how strong his base is, how more charges will solidify his base around him, um, will make it, in, I think, uh, a, a fait accompli that he's going to be the nominee. Something I think you and I, I think, think, but uh, I do. I believe he's going to be the nominee. But, uh, but then. Uh, uh, and the scary part of that is so far, it actually is looks like it's increased. I mean, with the Bragg indictment, you know, his support over everybody, you know, grew. Um, it's still crazy to me that when you look at these polls, uh, it, you know, him and Biden in the general, uh, and Biden's beating him in most places by three, four, five points. But even that, it's just like, it, right. Insane. Five you know, points. Yeah. It, I, it, we're talking about Joe as yeah. a strategist who've been doing this forever. Think yeah. about it. 
as a candidate, a guy comes to you and says, hey, Joe, I want to hire you. I'm a twice impeached, right. indicted, yeah. civilly fined sexual abuser, election denying, constitution shredding individual with no moral compass at all who's offended basically everyone on the planet from Mexicans to women to the poorly educated. I want to rerun for the presidency. And then to tell that person, you may lose, but you're only going to lose by like three, four, five percent. Yeah. Where have we fallen? No, that's the whole thing. This is not... It's that base is real. That's what the base wants. They want, they want, um, they want the revenge. The, re the, the the they they love that resentment that he carries, and they and they love hearing. And by the way, they love him owning the libs. You know, they it, it's like the more he does something that makes everybody else hair on fire. The more they, that's like, that's like manna from heaven for them. Um, and they love that he can do that. And I think that's part of what DeSantis was trying to replicate, you know, with all the six months ban, six week bans and uh, banning books and all the things that he's, you know, dis the fight with Disney. Um, but he can't quite pull it off. It's, it, he, I mean, it's an, he's an imposter compared to, to Trump. But this is more why, you know, ha it's been, cooking for years and decades um and building and i think and look the racial stuff was always there it's always been part of our uh you, you know our our struggles a country um but but the putting all those different parts of the coalition together with you know evangelicals to to white supremacists to that 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 he that had formed that coalition that became the MAGA base that uh that Trump leads um is it it is it, that that's that it's this big is it obviously is terrifying in terms of the impact uh that they would they they I think know that they can't win a popular vote election, obviously, and that's why mm -hmm. they're making all these moves, and why the why we still have to. You can't count on the on the courts after all the judges and things that Trump appointed. You can't you can't count on the Supreme Court um, to not rule on the legal briefs that'll be filed from state yeah. legislatures saying there's a you yep. know that's the wrong electoral group. This is the right electoral group coming from. You know what, Joe? Maybe maybe I'll throw my hat into the ring because nothing would be. Could you imagine a presidential debate, me versus Trump on a stage? I mean, would that not be something that a pay-per-view audience would actually pay for? I mean, yeah. I know I, I would. Yeah, my no, but, that's... but I want to jump in. I want to jump into something more important than that. Right. Because I, I and I'll talk to you about it online. I'm th I'm I'm telling you, I'm definitely thinking about it. Fuck this already. You know, the, where where's to where to. We're too passive. Well, as he a won't party. show up for and, that debate, Michael. He, there's no way he'll come. He'll show up for that. Debate. Not a chance. But I want to ask you this because the New York Times put out an opinion piece the other day discussing 
this surge to the left by young voters and whether uh, it was a real demographic shift or just a so-called Trump blimp, right? Can you explain to my listeners what's happening here and what the long-term repercussions are for the Democrats? Yeah, well, what's what's clearly happening is Generation Z in particular, uh, one, is out uh, voting way above its weight uh, in terms of what it, you know, the, the proportion of the electorate it is, uh, and at least so, so far this year, uh, and, in you know, in these uh, early elections as they're coming into the voting age. Uh, and they are very, very aligning very, really strongly uh, with the Democratic Party, uh, whether they register as Democrats or not, whether a lot of them are in, uh, registering as independents, but they are aligned on all, most all the issues uh, out there and are supportive of Democrats and, and, and really have negative views of the Republican Party. Now, what Michael, what I find interesting about that, having seen the movie now for many, many decades, uh, uh, being involved in politics, uh, it's not that I, I sometimes not that I'm, I think I'm that smart. It's just that I, I have seen something similar before and it reminds me. And that's Reagan in, uh, in the 1980 election, where the younger generation then the, the boomers that were coming into of age voting age started aligning uh sort of rejecting carter and democrats and started to um become card carrying members of the reagan revolution um that's what 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 has been sort of the base of the republican strength since 1980 and reagan um when you look at that th those boomers going getting aging and moving up and there are many of them now are feeling that what 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 the you know the trump maga uh republican party i think this is really significant what's happening with generation z and younger uh, cohorts and that is that if they um continue to move away from republicanism from the maga crowd and and really align early on because what happens is you know the first few times you vote, you tend to, even if you say you're independent, you tend to lean that way for the rest of your, your, your uh, uh, you know, political voting life anyway. Um, so this could be very significant in that I think 2024 could be a realignment of the electorate with this generation voting overwhelmingly, uh, the Gen Z generation voting overwhelmingly for Democrats and Biden. Uh, they actually st are the strongest group. When you look at, I think it was 61% approval of Biden. They have big approval numbers of Biden. They're, they vote overwhelmingly. I think you'll have fewer people in the older cohort. They, they've tended to move on uh, to a better place. Uh, and so you could have be starting to see the beginning of a big historical realignment, realignment uh, shift um, that benefits Democrats, like the like the Reagan Revolution benefited Republicans. Um, you know that's how you get to Bush, and Bush, and Trump. Um, it was it starts with with uh, the Reagan Revolution and and the strength that he had among the, that early group that was starting to vote for the first time. The only thing I've seen similar to that 
is now general generation Z and what we're seeing in the polling numbers uh, for where they are and how they look at the two parties. This could be very significant shift. So let me ask you this then, because Putin recently released a new enemies list with yeah. 500 names on it, declaring that Trump's enemies are his enemies. And on the list are folks who have absolutely nothing to do with Russia. But all of them are political foes of Donald's. For example, Letitia James made the list, as did Brad Raffensperger, Stephen Colbert, Seth Meyers. I mean, then there's Michael <laughs> Byrd, right? He's the police officer who shot and killed uh, Ashley Babbitt, yeah. right? Um, who's trying to break through on January 6th. Um, you know, what do you think's going on here? Do you believe that it's a case of the Russian president signaling to Trump and to, you know, like the Tucker Carlson wing of the Republican Party that they should, you know, um, make common cause together? Absolutely. I mean, that's been going on from the beginning. And, you know, I mean, it's just this is like it's so they're not even hiding it anymore. I mean, there's not even trying to be cute about it. It's just out blatant, blatant. Hey, Putin, I'm with you, Trump. You know, it's it's and, and hey, you know, I'll pardon some of those January 6 people, too. You know, it's like I mean, literally right. it's that, you know, I'll punish your enemies. I'll help your friends. By the way, what business deals can we do? You know, it's it's clearly a it's so obvious. Um, and again, though, that's what's so crazy about this. This is a party of Reagan you know, tear down, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down that wall. Um, the, you, you know, wasn't an isolationist. It was, it was a, you know, we're going to be the shining beacon on the hill um, for democracy. Is, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Is yeah. that is that the wall? Is that the wall Mexico paid for? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm just saying it's a total flip to where you know to the you know he. There's no way in hell. He would side with Putin uh, going into Ukraine like Tucker Carlson did and Trump did. I mean, and, and, and but more importantly, then this is the hard part to explain. The same base of support that came into the party with Reagan bringing them in is now controlling the party that roots on Putin. I mean, it's I mean, it's the man. It's that's what I'm saying. This is not just this is this is the base of the party. That that, is, that that hears this, Putin saying, "Hey, here's Trump's enemies are my enemies," and they and they you know raise both fists up and go like, "Yeah, yeah, baby, I'm with you." And by the way, I hope you beat those Ukrainians. I mean, that's why. I mean, that's literally the it, you know the driving force in a national party in the United States of America has fallen that far that they'll follow and and hold dear a man like Donald Trump and then cheer on Putin's attack on Donald Trump's enemies. That's yep. how screwed up it is. And in, and Putin, of course, hopes that Donald Trump or DeSantis yeah. win because day one, day one, they cut off all supplies to yes. Ukraine. They cut off all money to Ukraine. And they turn around and say, not our war, knock right. yourselves out. Do what you need to do, but we're not involved. I mean, that's right. what that's Donald then, Trump's way of basically telling Putin, right? I can end this war in yes. 24 hours because Putin knows exactly 
who and what Donald Trump is. Let's not forget in Helsinki, when the two of them were together, yeah. it was only Donald, Putin, and Putin's translator. We didn't even have a translator there. As if, yeah, I mean, could you imagine that the translator was actually translating potentially what Putin was saying because we didn't know, we didn't have somebody right. there that spoke Russian? Fuck, Donald doesn't even speak English, right? <laughs> Mr. Kofifi. So look, but Joe. The hour goes by really quick, and I have one last series sure. of questions for you. All right. And it's kind of like I like to play my favorite parlor game here. Right. We're going to go real quick on these answers. Are there any other Democrats capable of beating Donald Trump in the general election? So assume for a moment that Biden chooses not to run for whatever the reason may be. Who's on the bench that you see as a viable candidate capable of winning, capable of beating Trump? Uh, you know, look, I think Biden is the best candidate we have. And I, I just think other than me, vote. what other than me, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. You I think you getting in and, and doing trying to get the debate would be fantastic until Trump said, no way I'm going to do that debate. But no, I don't think I think Biden uh, um, I think Biden's our best shot. Um, that doesn't mean that there aren't other people uh, who who could uh, wage a campaign. I mean, I think in the end. If Trump's the nominee, it it really is a a a, 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 a you know it it's going to be a referendum on Trump. It won't be a referendum on on Biden or even you know, whether you think Biden's done a good job, bad job. I don't think that's how this is going to play out. I think I think the country either rejects Trump at that point, no matter who the Democrats put up, or or to kiss democracy, you know. Uh, uh, you know, Russia takes Ukraine, Moldova the next, uh, NATO starts falling apart, be, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, forget about just the the ramifications for our country, which will be horrible. But so I no, So I'm more of a uh, Trump's probably going to be the nominee. Um, and I'm not probably I think he is the nominee, but we'll see, you, you know, something I guess something can happen. Maybe maybe health. But um. But I think uh, the, that it, that's what the controlling fact is in the in the race. I think Biden's done a much better job than people give him credit for. But I don't think even that'll get lost um, in the I think Biden hit it. It's freedom versus less freedom, rights versus fewer rights. Um, I mean, I think his announcement, you know, and it's democracy versus, you know, the uh, a coup. So you either vote for the coup or you vote for. Um, for the ideals of the country and uh, and hopefully put people put their differences as enough people put differences aside to do that Partic even the democratic party needs to do that the different wings in the party stop it this you know biden's going to be the nominee get 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 behind him and push like crazy because the consequences that's why no labels is like insane um what they're trying to do by uh starting a, a third party candidacy and uh That'll only, in my view, bleed votes away from from Biden and help Trump uh, become the the next, you know, get reelected. Well, amen to that, Joe Trippy. Thank you so much, my friend. It's been a while. Yeah, um, always good to be with you. Hope to see and hope to speak speak to you again very very soon. Thank you for everything that you're doing. Thank you for joining hey. me on Maya Culpa, Joe. You be well, my friend, and I will see you real soon. Okay. And now for today's Maya Culpa. In thinking about the sentencing of Stuart Rhodes for seditious conspiracy 
I can't help but wonder what more is in store for this nation in the coming years. Right now, everything appears relatively quiet, but I fear it's all just a lull before the storm. Last week, the DHS issued a stark warning about the potential for violence in the lead-up to the 2024 election cycle that could target the nation's critical infrastructure, target faith-based institutions, government facilities, and minority communities. I mean, there's just so much anger swirling underneath the surface, and the one man who knows how to harness and direct that rage is still out there. Donald Trump is facing the prospect of real prison time, so there is nothing he won't do to save his own ass. I predicted that he would never leave office peacefully, and I hate to say it, look what happened. Now, today, here on this show, I'm predicting that he won't go down quietly either. Between Trump and a jail cell is the anger of tens of thousands of MAGA militants, maybe even more, who will seek to turn him into a martyr. So what will we get? I mean, I fear this, that they will make January 6th look like a picnic. So the DHS, FBI, state, local police, they all, I mean, they just need to do a better job of rooting this out. They need to stay alert. These folks are out there waiting and they're planning. And all Trump needs to do is just light the fucking match. So let's not give them the chance. And happy Memorial Day, my friends. So I'd like to take this time to thank our nation's veterans, active duty soldiers, and members of law enforcement who all do so much to keep this nation safe while protecting the values of the nation as well and allowing us to agree to disagree. You see, I can only sit here and say what I say because of the First Amendment and our cherished Constitution. The folks we remember today who have fought and died for our rights and your rights, my rights, everyone's rights. So let's take a moment of silence to remember them. And if you see a police officer, if you see a member of the military, if you see anybody in uniform, walk over, say hello, say thank you for your service to this country. Thank you for keeping us safe and God bless America. And as always, thanks for listening. Mea Culpa is brought to you by Audio Up, Midas Touch, and LSJ Media. Written by Jimmy Jelinek. Our editor and managing producer is Lisa Orkin. Our executive producers are Jared Gustad, Jimmy Jelinek, and myself, Michael Cohen, along with Phil Alberstadt. It may be a new day politically, but nowadays the landscape is more confusing than ever. Donald Trump may have lost the battle for the presidency, but in many ways, Trumpism is still winning the war on the state and local level. Maya Culpa is here to help guide you through the wilderness and keep you informed. And let's face it, we all want Trump, Rudy, and the rest of these seditious traitors to see justice. And folks, I promise you, it's coming. So stay tuned as I guide you through the twists and turns of the criminal process that will ultimately see them behind bars. Maya Culpa, nothing but the truth. Oh.